Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? Uh, good, I think. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Plowing through. Um, so, anything new happened in the past few months? Mm, you know, working from home. Um, you know, the election. Um, anything with you? Hmm. I did. I did pay my uh, student loans off. Mm, congratulations! Thanks. And I'm not How sure. Yeah. Like I'm not sure it was a good decision to do it or not. <laughs> but like I did do it. So. How long did it take you? So it was ten years since I took out my first loan. So, like six years. After I graduated college. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. But like, I had the money to pay them off for quite a bit. I was just sort of keeping it as emergency fund. And what made you kind of just go ahead and do it? Well, I got, like, I wanted to keep more than six months saved up. But at some point, I got like more and more money and I didn't really know what to do with it. So I had almost a year of emergency fund and I saw that if I paid off my student loans, I could still have four months saved, like four months of expenses. Mm So I was like, well, you know, pandemic, not the best time, but I was like thinking about it every single day, waking up and like during the day, multiple times, so it was more of like a quality of life improvement where I was worrying more about just like general student loan anxiety than like, I don't know if I lost my job, I'd get unemployment. I'd still have four months of expenses. I'm in a field that is actively hiring. So. Okay. Well, uh, let's, so let's talk a little bit about student loans. I think it's a controversial enough topic that um, listeners can get the kick, a kick out of it. <laughs> um, so I actually have a very strong opinion about student loans. Do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that student loans, um, that people who take out student loans, I mean, granted, there are some opportunities where you cannot do without it like a graduate school. But I think I believe to my core that for a initial um second post secondary education, I guess it's called. I'm not sure. I know it's the it's un, well undergraduate, whatever. Undergraduate education, um it's you shouldn't take out a loan. You should get it the cheapest way possible. That's what I believe in. Um because because you you do have many states who subsidize public education, not public education, but I guess I guess it's called public education, but state or city um, colleges. Um, and if you live in that state, you can get your undergraduate degree fairly cheap, and then. The thing, the thing is, the reason I mean, the reason I think that way is that 
when you're going for your undergrad, you often don't know what you want to be. And I don't see a necessity kind of to move away from your parents that you, you know, can't wait to get away from or whatever to go to another state school, um, pay a ton of money for dorm, um, get into all this debt just to get a degree in philosophy to later discover that, you know what, maybe I should be an attorney, maybe I should be a doctor, maybe I should go to something else or do completely something unrelated. Um, And basically incur all this debt, $120,000, and then have to wait six to 10 years to pay it off. That's the the average, I believe, is 10 years for people after graduation to pay off the the student loans. Um, So I think that or you have to be super smart, super genius, and go to, um, and if you want to go to one of those expensive schools like Harvard, Columbia, or I don't know, whatever, uh, then you should get a scholarship or be super rich to be able to pay for it and not get get a loan. Um, that's kind of my philosophy. That's, that's something that I hope to teach my kids. Um, we'll see how they listen, but um, what do you think? I feel like what you think is very close to what I believe in that your core is entirely wrong. But <laughs> but the result, like the action, is very similar. So like if I had kids and they were like, hey, I want to go to at a state, you know, private school, I wouldn't co-sign their loans and I'd be the bad guy, assuming I didn't like save money for their college, I wouldn't co-sign loans and put, you know, these 17-year-olds in debt. But I think the greater point where I feel like the premise of an undergraduate degree, I don't think is or should be a jobs training program. If you want a jobs training program... You can go into a professional school like I did, like you did. We like you went to school, you come out, you're an accountant, you you need that degree to like take a test for your CPA license or whatever else. Engineers, same thing, like jobs require an engineering degree. And like that's pretty important. But I think that the greater purpose of college historically and I think still now is to not be a jobs training program, but provide a sort of general education to the person. And I feel like I missed, you know, basically all of that general education other than my minor in psychology. I didn't, I didn't take philosophy. I didn't take very many English classes. I didn't read any books. And now, sort of rereading those old books that I should have read, I, I see value in a liberal arts education in, a, in like a not professional degree, because it gives you a, like a broader understanding of everything, and then you can use that to choose and specialize in something else. So you can go do a degree in history or a degree in philosophy, and then go become a lawyer because you know law school doesn't have any prerequisites other than the LSAT. So 
if I wanted to go be a lawyer, I could I could go be a lawyer now. And I like as an engineering student, I was very deep into that world, but I missed out, I think, the general education part that we all made fun of. Like all the sociology and communications and philosophy, like all those people, we we laughed at them because their classes were easier because they were just reading books and writing essays about them. But I think I also missed the point of an undergrad education because like I came out not well-rounded. I didn't have a lot of ideas about like people and society and history and all the important stuff that makes you a good worker, not in the professional sense, but like relatable and you know some baseline of like societal general knowledge. I don't think you need that. I don't, I disagree. I think that um, in order to kind of, here's the thing. So the, just to kind of give you a little bit of comparative. So in Belarus or Russia or all the post-Soviet area, you have to pick your calling um, kind of at 17, even actually about 16 when you decide to which which university to go to and which major to pick, which you have to do before you even apply. So if you want to be to go to law, into law, then you have to study for specific exams that are required for that for that university for that um, department, and you kind of pick it at sixteen. Um, and f- usually, kids. I mean, well, I guess adolescents um, mature fairly quickly. I mean, and up until maybe 20 years ago, uh, people would have kids at 24 because they've already matured by then. They've already picked some sort of a profession. They've picked some sort of a job and they went, they got educated, got a job. And now, you know, they can make money and, you know, have a family or do whatever they want. And um, because of that, I think um, it's kind of similar to flip the coin in the U.S., Um, it's the opposite. People don't mature quickly. Um, You know, when you're 25, you're still considered a kid and you are in the United States. Um, But, and I think that the education part, the education piece actually makes it worse. Um, And, um, you know, you basically, you don't know what you want to be. But being well-rounded has to happen before you even enter college. That's the parent's job. That's the school's job. That's your job. You should be reading books and, and exploring different things. I mean, we, you know, a mutual acquaintance of ours has read a ton of books throughout his childhood and um, is super smart and very well-rounded. And he didn't need a liberal arts education to do that to have ideas and to, to understand, you know, what to do as an engineering degree. And, and that's it. And that's, that's basically what makes a difference. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I, I actually, it's okay if you get your liberal arts degree, but don't take a hundred thousand dollars in debt to, to do it. Right. So that's, that's the other sort of problem. I have. Oh, not problem, but comment in that my situation was out of order, like out of, it wasn't normal in that the average student loan debt isn't 150,000 for undergrad. It's 
it's like 30, 40, 50. So if you come out of college with, you know, $30,000 of loans, that's not crippling debt. That's like an expensive car. (laughs) And I mean, you could pay off 30K loans. It won't be nice. It won't be fun. But it's not as severe as mine was. And I was dumb. Like, I made all, I made every every possible mistake. I didn't have a job. I didn't do any, like, internships. I didn't think about anything. I feel like I haven't matured still. Like, I'm reading all these books, and every single new book that I read, I discover some sort of fundamental truth about myself. And I think people mature at different times. And even though I'm at, like, an end career state, almost right out of college. Like I have this job that I have now for like three and a half years. I could, I could stay here forever and be totally fine. And like, this is a nice gig that I found. It's a nice profession. I could just coast till I retire, you know, as a millionaire, as whatever, like I'm good. I did it. You know, I went to college success story, but I still feel that I haven't matured and I just now sort of am discovering that I should have learned more before because I treated college as like a mandatory like continuation. Jail time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was like purgatory where I felt that I was forced to, to, to do these extra four years in a thing I didn't, know or understand take out all these loans live in some random place without even like thinking about it i had no options and 17 year old me couldn't process that so i just like found a system that was easiest and that was let's pick a super specific major and just just do that because it limited the choices down a lot like, I couldn't have picked psychology because there's too many options. So I was like, okay, biomedical engineering, not a lot of colleges do that. Let's just pick the closest good biomedical program where I get to live on campus. And, like, I don't, I don't think we visited Rutgers before I accepted to go there. Oh, my God. And, like, we, we visited a couple schools. We went, we went to Drexel. We went to Hofstra. And I didn't, like, understand what I was doing. I was just, yeah, I could, I could like, take the train to New Brunswick, and that's just what's happening. And I felt like it was happening to me. <laughs> and, okay. like, I hated it. Every, every second, it was, it was the worst. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, your situation, like you said, you, you, know, you kind of treated it as a four-year jail time sentence or whatever. Um, but what I have a problem, big problem with actually is living on campus. I think it's a waste of money. Um, I I actually think that like, that's kind of the biggest part of your tuition. The tuition itself is almost the same amount or, or less. So I, just like I don't think that college is a jobs training 
program. Because for me, it, it obviously wasn't. I didn't learn anything in college that I use now. I could have. I could have went for computer science and it would have been useful. But I didn't. And guess what? At work, totally fine. Like, I'm overachieving in my field because, you know, I read books, do classes and stuff. But like college for me, even though I did a fairly serious program, has nothing to do with my job. It wasn't a jobs training program. And I also don't think that the living on campus thing is a money decision. It was it was like a lifestyle thing that I got to be around other smart people all the time away from my environment. And it was nice to get that experience. It, it was, it was, it was nothing about education. It was more about growing up. And for me, that wasn't my like most important grow up moment. Like I went to a summer camp that was like a sleepaway for uh, like two months in the summer. And that was definitely my like, Oh, I can survive on my own moment. So I was pretty prepared for living in a dorm. Like I could do my laundry. I understood that I had to bathe, had to go eat, like it's a big basic survival. But for a lot of people, that's where they first sort of learned that. And it was for the first time, like I was away with a lot of other kids, no counselors, no one was watching us. And we could just sort of live in freedom. And I didn't take advantage of these opportunities, but a lot of the people around me did, and it wasn't a money decision. Like I, I, there's no amount of money that you could pay to get that again. It. I, I disagree. I think it's a waste of money. I mean, okay. I, don't, I have a different, you know, I have a different background. I grew up in a different country with a completely different experience, and <clears throat> you know, I. Oh, none of us. I mean, the only people who, um, I guess went to live in a different like town or city or whatever, I don't know, um, were people who wanted to study in like a city, the city, um, and could, you know, basically lived in a dorm because they had to. Um, but like I said, it's different. We, we matured much quicker, um, than, than Americans normally mature. Um, well, I don't know about all Americans, but that's at least my experience with, with American, um, adults and adolescents and, and stuff. So like we matured, I came here to the United States at 19 on my own with $500 in my pocket. Um, so like, you know what I mean? Like it's living in a dorm is not kind of a maturity um, thing. Um, I don't no, think. No, it's, it's not, it's not about maturity. It's more about the experiences and it's supposed to be like a nice, cool time. And it's a luxury. Like if you can afford it, if you somehow found yourself in that environment where you felt, you know, good, like I didn't feel good about it. I was I was getting into debt. I was very conscious that every single day I was a hundred more dollars in debt, and I did nothing about it. Like I could have, you know, stopped. Interesting. But for people that, like, if I were to go back to college now, which is you know possible, people go back to graduate programs. Like if I 
went for like Yale Law School, which is right next to me. <laughs> like it would be a totally different experience if I felt that I was in control. And I think that some some kids when they're 17, 18, they also feel like college is a cool thing that they get to do. And for them, it's not about the money. It's not about the job. It's much more about education and like being well-rounded and getting that experience. And like, I, I didn't get that, but I know those people that they love their like college experience and they wouldn't go back. They're like, you know, pretty cool where they are, but uh, it was like an important moment of their life that they got to do that. Not to say that, like, what, what's happening now, people are sort of assuming that you need an undergrad to, you know, be a person in the world. And at that point, it just becomes four more years of high school. And <laughs> that's also not a jobs training program. That's, hey, let me babysit this kids for four more years. And, like, I don't think that's the purpose of, like, an undergraduate degree traditionally. And that like definition is allowed to change over time, but yeah, of course. Like people didn't. People went to college to read books, to be around other like intellectuals, to hang out with professors, and and I see these people. Like we have people at work that were or are college professors, and they they think differently about the kids, the the experiences at the college, than we have to get this job done. It's more like academic. Well, have you ever heard the expression, those who can't do teach? <laughs> but that's not true. Because, it is true. I mean, sure, for some people, but like, like I work with some really smart people that teach part-time. So they're leaders in their field at work and they teach and they use the university as a way to do research into the future. So they're on like the bleeding edge at work where they're like using the latest software, the latest techniques, whatever their field is, but also they're, they're using university to do research and the teaching is like a requirement by the university and most of them hate it. And they just, they just want to do research. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, you know, I talked to somebody a while ago and this woman at, at Baruch um, MBA she um she was an account she is an accountant and then she switched fields and went went into um i think it's called uh, operation no not operations basically organizational psychology or whatever got a phd and stuff like that and you know and i would talk to her about something and she was like well you're doing really well maybe you should get a phd and i'm like well here's the thing so phd is basically reading and researching a lot and teaching, and neither of those things sound appealing to me. And so she was like, yeah, you're right. And the teaching is weird, because a lot of people that want to get PhDs and do research, they really do. They, they're super into their field. They want to, like, discover stuff. Most of those people don't want to teach. They're bad at teaching. They don't... And, like, these are smart people. Like, when you teach people, there are, there are ways to measure success. There are ways to improve. There are, there's always research of hey, how do we like effectively teach people stuff? It's like a neurology psychology field. And cool, but I want to research machine learning. So 
why do I have to teach intro to computer science to like fulfill my requirements as a professor? And that's all like that's like another place where the system's broken and a lot of my professors, super smart people, it was really cool hanging out with them, talking about, you know, their research, but they were bad professors. They didn't they didn't want to be there. They didn't they didn't care about the the science and the techniques of making people that don't know stuff know stuff. Like teaching should be its own profession and not forced upon people that want to do research. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and don't even get me started on the um uh, PhD path in general. It's it's just um I mean it's it is a profession. It is it has the right to exist, but um I think it's it has to be like you said, it has to be different like why we're requiring and it's interesting that universities in that sense are very bureaucratic you know and about like having only phds teach full-time that kind of stuff yeah i mean there's a lot of problems to solve and this new push for more and more people to go to universities new is push. It, it's not bad but we need to change the way we do it like if everyone needs to do it Make it part of high school. Like focus on teaching as opposed to like this research thing and teaching as a side effect. And that's just my experience. Like I'm sure there are better schools that are smaller, that are more focused, have better professors, but yeah, I don't know. Research and teaching are not super related, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, I think that's a pretty good discussion on the student loans topic. Did we cover everything? Yeah. <laughs> Sutter? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it so can be a part or, one. Are they good or bad? I. It's an individual choice, and like I'm not, I'm not going to shame people for taking out loans. I think that the banks or the loan provider has a certain responsibility because they are like the power, like the party in, in control. And this is off topic, but I believe that banks do owe some responsibility in this crisis that we're having, because you shouldn't be giving hundred thousand dollar loans to teenagers that don't know what they're going to do. It's like predatory lending in my I agree. experience. And I agree. They like my parents shouldn't have co-signed the loans. The bank shouldn't have given me the loans. It was it was no good. But I agree, yeah. Like it all worked out. Like it's it's fine. It did cause me ten years of constant stress. And, <laughs> and like, I think it'll take me a while to like recover. recover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't totally agree. I think the responsibilities on is on. <sighs> I guess the society that says that you have to go to another state um, to have that experience or something. I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't, but whatever. That's besides the point. The society first banks and parents for parents. It's kind of a, a tricky area because, you know, parents want to be good parents and they want to support um, especially that time of your life. It's very easy to kind of, spoil the relationship with your kid and that would definitely be something that would uh, spoil the relationship and 
And so for parents, you can sort of understand kind of wanting to support and, and stuff like that. Uh, but um, there's definitely should be a, a better system of how this should be handled, um, I think. So I agree with you. Yeah, that's complicated. <laughs> Just like everything in life, isn't it? That's right. All right. Well, have a nice week. You too.